Hey everybody, we are back with another episode of Sacred City Vision Drip, talking about our mission at Sacred City Church to make disciples, plant churches, and renewing the city. And for the last few episodes, we've been talking about that first piece of making disciples and sort of breaking down what making disciples is. Um, what we're doing when we're making a disciple, we're helping people follow Jesus. We ourselves are disciples who follow Jesus, who help other people follow Jesus. And there are different places where this activity takes place. We've talked about some of the the formal places like the Sunday gathering, missional community, fight clubs. And there's a lot of informal sort of um, off the script times where you, you take a phone call or you grab coffee or a dinner or some situation like that where discipleship can happen. And one thing as we're talking about discipleship that's helpful to remember is that you cannot make a disciple of Jesus Christ by accident. (laughs) I mean, I wish you could. I wish you could. Um, You can make disciples of other things. You can make disciples of demons by accident, but you cannot make a disciple of Jesus Christ by accident. It takes some intentionality, as we talked about a little bit last week with intentional friendship. It takes a little bit of initiation. There's some pursuit that takes place uh, where you actually have to identify, hey, would you want to grab coffee? Would you want to be in Fight Club with me? Would you Would you want to come over for dinner on a regular basis or come over after the kids go down? And we can just talk about life. We can talk about Jesus. We can talk about the Bible where you actually have to to put a little plan. You have to initiate. you got to set something in place so that things will actually happen. And, and as we set these times up together, uh, I think it, it's also important to realize that um, you may not always get to play the sage. The, the, there might be discipleship relationships that seem a little unbalanced that where where hey I'd like to apprentice you I'd like to I'd like to kind of take you under my wing maybe it's an older older guy who's gone through years and years and years of, of parenting and he sees a, a, a young young man with a, a brand new family and he says listen I'd love to just sit down with you and share some of the life lessons that I've learned uh, and what the scriptures have taught me that would be a great opportunity that's a great way of initiating uh, a discipleship conversation it's Discipleship relationship, um, and, and sometimes there's that sort of imbalance, like that you've got the you've got the apprentice and you've got the master, uh, and other times it, it's it's not that way. It's maybe it oscillates between the two, where it is a mutually beneficial relationship, where there are times where you speak into my life and I get to speak into your life. There's nobody who has the upper leg, you know, uh, the upper hand, the upper leg, the upper hand that says, uh, you know, I'm. I'm the one that's doing the discipling here, and you just got to take it. Uh, I think a lot of healthy discipleship relationships have this this mutually beneficial thing. But in order to get into those places, to have those times, it's going to take a little bit of, of work to initiate the relationship. And and I think the first place to go, if you're looking for somebody to, to disciple you or to be discipled by... No, that's the same thing. Somebody to disciple you or for somebody to disciple... Um, the, the first place that you should go look is like, what are the needs in my missional community? Are there people here that, man, I, I could maybe speak in their life or, or they've got something that I could really be- benefit from. You, you look into your missional community and go to them and see if there's a place where you can step in and you sort of initiate that relationship. And, and there's discipleship things as you get together, 
you're going to find that you, you get in a rhythm of a few different things. You're going to see a rhythm of teaching, of correcting, and of modeling. If, if, you're, if, if somebody knows what they're doing um, when it comes to discipleship, you're going to see these things. Teaching is, is really sort of the basis of discipleship. It's uh, Jesus goes to say, uh, teach my disciples to obey all that I've commanded. There's a teaching aspect of I'm going to instruct you. I'm going to open up the Bible for you. And again, this is not my opinion. This is not a, a personal preference of this is what I think how life works best. We're going to the Word of God, uh, which we are are commanded to obey, and we're teaching these disciples to to learn and to do these things. Uh, and so this might be like reading a book together, and it's working through a really practical thing like motherhood, or it's working through a really practical thing like um, boss and employee relationships. So there's going to be some opportunities within this relationship for teaching. And, and again, it could be one-sided. It could be somebody that does the majority of the teaching, or it could be a mutually beneficial teaching setting. With that, uh, in addition to the instructing or teaching aspect of this relationship, you're, you're likely going to find um, a good deal of correcting. Now, hopefully that's the case. Uh, I think I think a good a good discipleship relationship will have a decent amount of correcting. Not because we're nitpicking one another, not because we we want to prove that we're better than the other person, so we're going to point out all their faults, but because that oftentimes is the most loving thing to do. There are so many times where where we lose um, we ha- we lose self perception. We lose the ability to see what's going on with me in the moment. We don't see how ang- ang- anxious I can be in a certain situation. Um, we don't see um, how my anger may have flared up. We don't see the way that I was talking to a child, my child. Um, those those are things that I could be blind to because it's just been sort of um, I've become accustomed to things, and it takes a fresh set of eyes to say, hey, that is a, a problem. That that seems to me to be a violation of one of God's commandments. And so the the ability and the permission that we give one another to, to examine our lives, um, again, not to be condemning because there there is no longer any condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, but in order to restore us, to bring us to repentance uh, and to find the refreshing that comes after repentance and to find the joy that comes in living righteously, that a brother or sister would correct our activity or our actions. And this would be a healthy form of discipleship. This would be a good thing. And I think a lot of people are oftentimes scared of that because it feels intimidating. But listen, here's here's the thing. This is why going back to discipleship as friendship is such a good thing. If we're not friends, like if, if we're just, um, if we don't have a lot of relational equity, then it's going to hurt me. It's going to feel like you're being judgmental. It's going to feel like, you know, and, and again, I'm getting to my feelings here. Um, it's going to feel a, a, a way that does not feel pleasant. And then what's going to happen is I'm going to withdraw from you because you said this one thing that was true, but really hard for me to take likely, it's highly likely that I am going to withdraw from you and, and and our relationship won't be the same. But if I understand that we are truly friends 
um, that we are brought together in love. And it's, it's a compassionate thing that you're doing to me to share what you are, are seeing in my life, that then I can receive that as a gift. And that correction ultimately is a blessing to me. It might sting for a little. It might, it might feel like, you know, you cut me, you cut me to the heart there. And just like they said, uh, uh, in Acts chapter two, when they were cut to the heart, when the apostle Peter called the the religious people out, the, the Jewish people out for for rejecting the Messiah, they say they were cut to the heart, and they say, "What must we do?" And and it's just an opportunity for us to turn from our sin and to trust into Jesus all the more. And I think that there's something to be said about how how we handle correcting. Um, we want it to be done tactfully and respectfully, of course. We 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 don't want to. It's not an act of belittling somebody. Again, not a superiority complex deal, um, but we're correcting in order to restore people. And typically this is done in a sort of private, I, w- I would say this is a family affair. I-, I would call it that. And and it might look like it takes place in a, uh, a missional community. If, if there's something that's being shared, maybe a prayer request, and it comes out that that something's going on that really shouldn't be going on. That scripture is very clear about. You got somebody who's living uh, with their boyfriend, and and in that moment, it's an opportunity to to correct them to say, "Hey, this is not God's will for your life. This is not a good design. This will not go well for you. Um, we want to restore you to righteousness and call you to walk according to the Spirit." Um, and so that's an opportunity for correction. So it might happen in missional community. It might take place in uh, a fight club, and it might even take place in a uh, one-on-one setting. I think of Matthew 18, where it says that if a brother sins against you, go to him. So, so if there's a sin that's committed directly against you, and your brother has not been convicted by the Spirit on his own, um, or the Spirit hasn't done that work, or he's been sort of resistant to it, um, that then you have an opportunity to step up and to bring a degree of correction to say, hey, this this is a sin, and it's not just you hurt my feelings or I'm offended by this, but this is biblically qualified. The Scripture would agree with me when I say this is sin. And I want to call you to repentance and so that we can be restored. And so correction can be a powerful thing uh, when it's done in healthy relationships. And it can actually be a really great thing for those relationships. And then, of course, discipleship can take the form of modeling. This is something that we see Jesus doing through his life and his ministry, where he he literally, his whole life was shared with his disciples. There was not really one thing that uh, he did that was was done in isolation or kept away from from his disciples. Every everything was together, and so the, the disciples got to see the, see what Jesus was doing almost at all times. That they got to watch him interact with broken people and sinners, and and, and the same how he interacted with children and how he dealt with uh, people who were standoffish and, and antagonistic towards him. Um, they got to see that firsthand, and and Jesus was for them. He was modeling, uh, in in uh, modeling what these disciples should do. And and what we're doing is we are learning from those who had discipled, uh, been discipled by Jesus. Uh, we're we're learning the way of Christ and the apostles. Um, as he showed us how to live. And so there's a, a degree of modeling. And now the only way that modeling can really take place in discipleship is if you're if you're actually spending time together doing everyday kind of things. And, and and an example of this would be like 
I, I see when I spend extended amount of time with people, not just sitting down for dinner, but I'm talking like, hey, it's a holiday weekend and we're going to throw a big party and we're going to spend hours and hours together. I, I get to see how people are interacting with their spouses or their children or and people get to see how I do that with with my wife and with my kids. Um, and I'm in those instances where we're modeling how we ought to conduct ourselves. And this is where having somebody, maybe a mentor, somebody who's done done things before you the right way. There's people who have gone before you and done things that are, is not the right way. And, and we can learn from their mistakes. And they oftentimes have enough humility to confess, yeah, we didn't do this right. And if we were to go back and do it again, um, this is what we would do. So please learn from our mistakes. There, there's that kind of, of reflective modeling. Um, but there's a lot to be said about being inspired by somebody doing discipleship really well about somebody living their life, uh, in an extraordinary way in devotion to Jesus. Uh, and so whether that's as simple as, you know, you have somebody people over for dinner and, and you get to model how you do your family devotions with your family there at the dinner table, how you pray, the kind of liturgy that, that brings you into gladness as you break bread with your family. So modeling is a very uh, crucial part of discipleship that, that I actually benefited from in, in the ministry training setting where I spent a lot of time just shadowing um, pastors and seeing what they were doing and learning from them of how they handled this situation and that situation. And the same applies for other aspects of life as well. We get to watch and observe how people are doing it. And there's great things that we can pull from it and say, I want to definitely do that. And there's things that we can observe and say, you know, I think I might want to try a different way. And I think here's what scripture is leading me more into. And so you can see how these these modes of, of discipleship, I guess, uh, are at play. You, you have the instruction, you have the correction, and you have the modeling. And all these things are, are going on much at the same time. Um, and, and I do think that in order to really get the most out of them, uh, to really get the, get the full experience of discipleship, you've got to carry some humility. One, humility in the sense that discipleship may not look like what you thought it was. If you think discipleship is just sitting down and memorizing scripture together and then high-fiving each other and giving each other gold stars, um, uh, that that falls short of a definition of what discipleship truly is. Um, that certainly is an aspect of discipleship, of studying the scriptures together and learning what God's word says. But if that's it, if that's where it stops, if it doesn't get into the real life stuff of the application of, you can read Ephesians 5 all day long, but if you still go home and you're, you're grumbly and angry and you expect your wife to be your servant, then, then you totally have missed the thing. You've missed the picture of discipleship. You've missed the picture that Christ has modeled for us. And so we have to step into these places with humility. And, and, and for people who read a lot, this can be challenging people who who fill up their their brain with um, a lot of theological information, which I, I love it. I love and I'm I'm guilty of this uh, of filling up my brain with ideas and thoughts and, that are good and there's a place for them and it's well worth studying, but then lacking the ability to actually navigate real life situations. Um, we, we have to be able to to do both. And so sometimes the pride of knowledge gets us puffed up. And so we become resistant to, you know, it's like a guy who's studying, you know, a, a, 
Burkhoff's systematic theology gets discipled by a guy who, for the first time ever, read uh, a tiny little pamphlet on systematic theology. And you're like, who's this guy to say, speaking of my life? But the Spirit might actually have a word for you, and it just is being presented to you through this person. Maybe they saw something, and they have the opportunity to speak into your life. Maybe they have an opportunity to instruct you in something that you have not yet learned, or at least not synthesize that into everyday life things. So it does require a great deal of humility, both in being discipled and receiving instruction and correction and watching other people model, but it does take some humility to to do these things as well. Asking for the Lord's help. Lord, show me, help me, use me in this person's life to accomplish your purposes. That's going to wrap up this episode here of Sacred City Vision Drip. I hope you guys have a great week. God bless you. I'll see you on Sunday.